Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. All right, once again, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk, the number one industrial-related podcast in the universe that's backed up by data that celebrates industry professionals all around the world, like you. I'm pointing at you. If you are out on the video, I'm pointing at you. Because you're bold, you're brave, you dare greatly, you're changing lives, and therefore you're changing the world. That's why we here at Industrial Talk are absolute cheerleaders for you, and we want you to succeed. And then we're going to do everything that we can to help industry succeed. Take that to the bank. All right, in the hot seat, gentleman by the name of John Thompson. Blue Margin is the company. He is the, well, he's got a long title right here. It says Senior Partner, Co-Founder, and CSO of that organization, Blue Margin. And we're going to be talking about that data, that data that you have to begin to mine and be able to see it and be able to put it into a way that you can actually take action. Gold in that data. So let's get cracking. Yeah. There is. I mean, come on. You you know I have conversations at all of these incredible uh, conferences. And uh, there's there's... There's three things outside of all the other stuff, but there's three sort of themes that take place with a lot of this conversation is one, it's always a people thing, right? People, uh, where do I find people? How do I retain people? People, right? People is it. The other area is, of course, um, cyber, because I, I, I want to you know, participate in this digital transformation journey. And, and the reality is, is that if you're doing that, you need to make sure that, that you're properly protected. So cyber is a big conversation. And, and the other one, outside of making it simple, take that to the bank too, make it simple. And that's why this particular conversation with Blue Margin is so important, because I think that it achieves that simplicity. But it's, it's data. Where do I get my data? How do I pull that data? What data is important? What's not important? How do I, how do I transform my business into a data-centric uh, organization that truly acts upon the information being delivered in my organization? That's where we're going. That's what you have to do. And, and uh, we need solutions to be able to do that and, and solutions that are easy. All right. Yeah, I can turn it around. All right, a couple of things that uh, you need to put on your calendar. We've got some conferences coming up. We're going to be broadcasting live from. The first one that we're going to be broadcasting from is the IoT Solutions World Congress. It's in the end of January. Um, it's going to be a great event. Of course, at that event, they talk about IIoT. They talk about AI. They talk about data analytics. They talk about digital twin, virtual twin. You name it, it's it's being discussed there and uh, plenty of opportunities for you to educate because if, if you're in industry, this market is just, just ticking along at a blistering pace and you need to make sure that you stay current with your knowledge. And then, of course, as I always say, find those uh, companies, those individuals so that you can collaborate. That's important too. Trust it. Trust it. So that you can innovate, because you need to, because we depend on you, um, and so it's a great time to be in industry. 
Yeah, put that one down on the back, too, because it is. All right, and we're going to have a lot going on at uh, Industrial Talk. And you're saying to yourself, Scott, how do I... How do I get involved with Industrial Talk? Well, you just go to industrialtalk.com. You reach out to me. And if you have a story to tell and you need to tell that story and it benefits uh, people, which it does because you're an industry professional, let me know. Let's get you on the podcast. If you're going, uh, I'm going to have all the list of conferences and then some um, out there on Industrial Talk. So if you're going to be at one of those conferences and you're saying, Scott, I want to do a live, yeah, let me know. I can't read your mind. But I certainly love your story, so you got to let me know. You got to be forthright and upfront with that. All right, here we go. John Thompson, Blue Margin is the company, and uh, the form that is filled out. And, and again, if you're going to be uh, on this program, you're going to have to fill out this form because you need to make it simple for me to be able to look at and say, "Oh, I get it. All right, pretty cool. That's a great topic." Um, I think the 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 real component to this conversation that is really needed is the ability to be able to see that data from across, across, let's say your legacy systems, across your businesses, and be able to have those that, that information, boom, right there in a dashboard. Pretty cool stuff. All right. Enjoy the conversation with John. All right, John, welcome to Industrial Talk. How are you doing today? Doing great, Scott. Thanks for having me. It's great. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this conversation. We're going to be talking a little bit about insights into your business, looking at data, being able to sort of track that in a dashboard type setting because you need to, listener, that's you. I'm pointing at you right there, pointing at you. Uh, you need to make better decisions and you need data. You need insights. You need that ability to be able to do that. And uh, John and Blue Margin bring that to the table. Before we get into that conversation, John, for the listeners, give us a little background on you, why you're such a great professional, and a little bit about Blue Margin, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the solutions we're talking here. Yeah, sure. So I went to school out east, Colby College in Waterville, Maine. Froze my butt off, um, but enjoyed that. Then went to the Peace Court in Africa to, to counteract that weather. Um, was a game warden, which obviously led directly into business when I came back. My brother and I uh, had cell phone dealerships and we ended up deciding to do a dot-com back when that was all the rage. Um, we went out and raised some venture capital and built a business that analyzed telecom expenses for large enterprises back when that was a, a significant line item. And after about four years, we attracted the attention of a private equity back, a backer, One Equity Partners. Uh, we became the platform company of a five business roll-up and suddenly had 500 employees. My brother was a CEO, I was doing biz dev. Uh, and we found that despite the fact that he is a, a Excel geek to the extreme, yeah. uh, our instrumentation was lacking and we found ourselves spending like, like half our time managing the board as we put it, and the rest of the time trying to figure out which way it was up. Uh, and that experience, and now this business blue margin where we've had 200 plus clients, we have found that our basic hypothesis is that at the root of most, if not all business problems is poor visibility somewhere, whether that's job ownership or alignment between business units or accountability to the uh, outcomes of the business, that kind of thing. And so that's what got us going. But my legacy systems are super important. So, you know, I'm not going to let them go. I like that spreadsheet. 
Yeah, right. No, spreadsheets. Spent a lot of time and effort in that spreadsheet, that creating those macros and the yeah. tabs and all that stuff. <laughs> Been I know, there, done fun. that. For uh, for clarity's sake, here we've talked about uh, private equity PE. We've talked about venture capital briefly. For the listeners, uh, give us a little differentiation between a venture capital and a private equity. Yeah. So venture capital is just earlier in the growth phase of a company, sometimes pre-revenue, sometimes pre-profit. Uh, private equity tends to come in later, typically in the mid-market, uh, maybe $50 million to a billion in, in revenue. Um, and so they're looking to take an established business, often a, a non-rationalized industry, if you will, or a niche, uh, whether that's you know, pet food supplies or right. uh, you name it, in industrial this or that, where there's all kinds of entrepreneur owners out there and no one has really turned it into the Toys R Us of their niche. And so they look to do that roll up, get those efficiencies of scale, uh, increase the value of the company significantly, and then sell it again. Thank you. Yeah. That, that makes complete and utter sense. I like that. All right, let's talk a little bit about data. Let's talk a little bit about having that insight. You're absolutely correct. I think that uh, many companies struggle with visibility. And then it might be visibility, but it's 45 days late. And then by that time, that uh, problem has uh, festered into a full-blown full blown infection. And uh, so take us through how you layer i've got all these legacy systems right i've got my erp and then maybe i've got my asset management platform over here and i've got this that and the other and i got this spreadsheet and i got and and i'm not i'm not shooting any of those platforms down how do you it layer and consolidate to create that vision do you, the apis take us through that yeah it's particularly relevant in in private equity where you often have a buy and build model where you're not just organically growing the business through new markets and better sales and higher productivity, but you're also adding new companies to fill out your offering and to consolidate for economies of scale. And so you've got these new business units coming on, they have their own ERP or their own yeah. homegrown, whatever, and you're trying to integrate them. Just you know, gluing together companies doesn't get you the impact. You want to integrate them. And that can take some time. It's very disruptive if you've ever deployed an ERP system. I hate I it. You may have. FYI. Yeah. <laughs> it, can, <It's> miserable. <laughs> it can take you to your knees for sure. It, it um, and so instead of saying, we're going to wait the 18 months till we get this integrated, you can integrate at the data layer and create a virtual single view of the business and get everyone focused on those uh, consolidated numbers. And so we'll tap into those various systems with APIs, as you said, various uh, data connectors, pull that into a central database, and then connect that to whatever reporting you want. In our case, we're a Microsoft shop, uh, Gold Partners and Microsoft, so we have their, their high competency rating. We don't actually make any revenue from Microsoft, but we like the train, so we've been on it for quite some time. And uh, then we produce reports that the connection to that central database sustains and is automatically updated as new data is entered into those transactional systems further downstream or upstream. And uh, on a daily basis, whoever the target is, the user, uh, gets an update of that dashboard via their email or they can log into the Power BI system or wherever you want to place those dashboards so that they can see up to the day Here's what's happening, not uh, dissimilar to a scoreboard at a sporting event where you have all the fans and coaches and 
and players really glued to that, that information. And it's not extraneous information. It is the critical info they need to know what to do next to win the game. So See, that's what we, that's what yeah, we Yeah, and, and, and I hear what you're saying, and that's all good. But there's still, you, <clears throat> I think there's a lot of heavy lifting and defining and deciding which data is important. Absolutely. I might be, I might just be married to this data, but really, is that data important? Yeah. How do you walk a client through, now, this is important, this is important. I know that you love this one, but that's not important. How do you walk yeah. us through that? So the typical process, one of the main stumbling blocks that companies run into as they try to use their data and get better visibility, which is every company, is they'll send out a uh, analyst or a report writer to talk to the various subject, subject matter experts around the company and say, what metrics matter to you? And they create a catalog of that, and then they go back to the lab and they build reports that display those metrics and say, here you go. And that invariably, because we've tried it, ends in this uh, or... or, or results in this endless tail chasing where the the person that requested the report says, ah, thanks, not quite what I was thinking. And in fact, seeing these numbers up in lights has given me new insight. I need to now have these questions Um, answered in context. And I forgot about that goes back and you never get there. And adoption is, is marginal and the impact is anemic. So having learned that lesson more times than we'd like to admit when a client says, here's what we want to see for our sales funnel or the gap in our projection in sales or whatever the case is, we start out with the end goal. So we say, what is it you're looking to impact for the outcome in your business? Is it is it total sales? Is it sales by customer? Is it customer lifetime value? Is it diversity of products and services that each customer buys? Is it making sure that your best customers are well taken care of? What is it? And they will outline those. Here's the things that matter most for us to get where we're going in the next one to three years. And then we work backward from that outcome. We like to say, what's the measurement of it now? Where does it need to be? And when do you think you can get it to that point by when? Um, And then working backwards from there, what are the drivers that most influence that outcome? And who do they map to? Who's accountable for those drivers? whether it's production efficiency or salespeople and and their outreach activities or you name it. And then we look at where's the data come from for that? And is that the most salient information? Is that the highest impact metric that will influence that outcome? Or is it a nice to have, since we have the data, we'll put it in there. We get that a lot where customers say, well, that's just informational. And that sets off a red flag that says it shouldn't just be informational. You don't see a a baseball scoreboard with just informational stuff. It's the things you have to know to progress. And so we pressure test that quite a bit. And one more comment, we'll do a quick, what we call a wireframe. It's a sketch or a storyboard. Here's the dashboard based on what we've gathered that you're trying to achieve by this time. Here's the drivers that that influence that. Let's go through it and ask the questions. If this was in the red rather than the green, or if it's in the yellow, what does that spur as far as questions or decisions or actions? And what is that next piece of information you need? So you see that your sales are lagging. Your first question is, I want to see sales by product category and see where my problem areas are. And then I want to filter to those. And my very next question is, show me the sales teams and who's doing well with those and who isn't. Okay, let me focus on the isn'ts filter to those. Now let me see a list of the salespeople and let me see their history of sales and how they're doing currently. And now I know who to talk to. 
So it's that pressure test testing and keeping that end goal as the primary driver of what we're designing that really but, makes a difference. But still, you're, you, you have to have these conversations of saying, okay, this data is important. Everybody shakes their head. Yeah, that data is important. And that data is important because of these reasons. Yep, everybody shakes their heads. They're saying, yeah, that's that's correct. You still have to, let's say, look at that data. When is that data available? Is there a lag with that? Because you're trying to compress that time dramatically. If it's saying, yeah, the data is great and it's 45 days old, that's not good. So you got to figure out how to get that data quicker. That's one. And then two, I would imagine you're trying to create some um, curves around the whole thing too. You know, if I go this way, that's bad. And this way, it's good. But be able to have that that those parameters all defined and then get everybody to say, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Am I looking at that correctly? You are absolutely. And so uh, half of that discovery is the data, digging into the, the database Seriously. and saying, does the data support this? And oftentimes it's about data entry compliance. People have been sloppy about it because it hasn't been up in lights and there hasn't been accountability to it. And so the, there's a sweet spot of going ahead and putting those things up in lights in the form of dashboards that drives that compliance because the sales manager looks and says, it looks like there's nothing in your funnel, Scott. And you say, oh, no, I've got a lot going on. Well, I'm seeing zero. And that's going to the CEO. And now Scott is suddenly inputting his opportunities and making sure they're up to date. So that can drive that compliance. Sometimes the data is not there and you need to leave a hole in the dashboard until a new process is put in place. Um, you don't want to, however, wait until your data is perfect to put up a dashboard because you never will because data never is. So it's, oh, yeah. it's sort of a, a, a balance in there. And then the parameters, I, I think you're talking, are you talking about KPI thresholds? When's it red? When's it yeah, yellow? Yeah. Yeah. You, you just gotta, it has, you have to put some level of meaning on it. Yeah. And again, I, um, being a simple guy, green is good. And so yeah, you have absolutely. to find what green is good. And, and then, and then of course, yellow and red, and you know, you don't want to be red. So yeah, we, we sometimes get tripped up there because the client is unsure of what those th uh, thresholds no, are. And we uh, have found that yeah, it's best to take a guess. Um, you know, we're a BI company and we never stop evolving our dashboards. Uh, it, it's, it's been a bit of a, a eye-opening experience in our latest iteration that, hey, this never ends. Our, our business is always evolving. Yeah. We're refining what we think drives our outcomes best. This insight is okay, but we really don't do much with it. What is it we're actually trying to get to? So you, you use that wireframe to try and get close to the bullseye, and then you put up a dashboard, you take some guesses at those thresholds, and then the user acceptance testing and the ongoing use really drives the refinement of that. You don't want to start too far off the mark or you end up in that tail chasing iteration nightmare. So let's let's talk a little bit about, uh, I, I call it or I term it uh, a pencil whipping. So if I'm, if I'm just, a, all of a sudden you're saying, hey, this data, this information is going to go up to the CEO. Then all of a sudden I'm walking on water and I'm going to be able to put my data in there and I'm walking on water and therefore no bad news gets to uh, the CEO, my, you know, my what I do and that dashboard's looking doggone green. How do you how do you ensure that good data is getting in there, you know, and then you're able to sort of say, yeah, we're good, bad, whatever, ugly. Yeah. I mean, how do you make sure that people aren't fudging the numbers? Yeah. So Pencil that would probably mostly apply in sales. Um, yeah. you, you need, you, yeah, need yeah, I mean, you know, it's tougher in, in machine productivity and that yeah. kind of thing. 
um, you need really good alignment with that leader, that sales leader, um, and they need to know their team. But one of the mistakes companies make is to create topical dashboards. This is our sales dashboard, has all our sales data. Uh, The problem with that is dashboards are not read by a department or a topic area. They're read by a human being. So the whole point of this exercise is to render data for a human to consume, to touch nerves, to improve their decision-making and their actions that they take for better outcomes. So we have found that you need to design the dashboards to fit the role. What is their narrative for walking through their day to understand how am I doing? Why am I doing that way? And what details do I need to take action? Um, and when you get that in in a nice narrative form that really maps to the role, it makes it hard to hide, I would say. Yeah, because that's key. Because honestly, you, you want it to be as accurate as you possibly can. Make those tactical decisions based off of data that is clean and scrubbed and whatever. A question I do have is a lot of people are discussing the ability to simulate so I'm, I, I see it here what if i go out a couple of years right are these is this data trending in the right and being able to do that and 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 are we looking at that too as well do you mean scenario planning putting in different uh yeah. numbers for for variables and seeing what happens yeah you can do that as well there's nice tools that integrate with most uh mainstream bi platforms certainly power bi where you can set up forecasting and put in assumptions, see what it does to yeah. the outcomes, play with that, uh, get get consensus among leaders, and then go with with Plan A. Yeah, and I don't see any other way of getting around it. You got to have all those tools in your you know quiver and being able to pull them out and then be able to have those insights is uh, uh, I think it's a non negotiable. One yeah. of the areas that has always been a challenge especially with anything that's technology, anything that's innovative, and is always that culture. That's It's a human equation. Do you guys work in, in that area saying, hey, here we go. We're going to be coming in here, and, and we're going we're gonna to be able to expose and look at all this data, and we need your buy-in. Yes. You get a little that, pushback on that? You, you've hit one of the top stumbling blocks. So we, we found that there are very few companies that are really wired for data, where every role in the company has their own instrumentation, knows the bogey thereafter. It's aggregated to the team, and there's this this team accountability. There are just you know low single digit percentage point of companies that have that done. And part of the reason is that buy-in and alignment. Um, we have found that a good way to fix that is to start with a company scorecard or an OKR dashboard, depending on what framework they like to work in. And that's something that you can stand up quickly, two, three weeks, where you highlight here are the top six to eight metrics that really define our business model and our success plan. If we are hitting these, then we are doing it. We've covered 80 plus percent of everything we need to do. Stand that up early. That becomes the beacon on the hill, the North Star that says, okay, here's where we're going with our data visibility. And that can be manually populated by someone half an hour a week, puts in that information. So you're not spending three, four months connecting to eight different systems, building a data warehouse, eventually getting to that vision. You get that alignment and buy-in at the most influential layer of the company, the management layer, by standing that up quickly, getting it centrally located, having an automated email, ping people once a week and say, here's the company scorecard. And that 
gels, it coalesces for them. Okay, those are the metrics. Usually there's refinement. It's very easy to adjust that manual dashboard um, so that they can zero in. There's our plan. And here's the area that we're suffering the most, sales or throughput or order to cash or whatever the case is. And now you go into connecting to data sources and building a dashboard that feeds that quadrant of the company scorecard and maps to the person that owns that area of the business and you begin to take off. Uh, you do make another interesting point though around the change management, the human side. It's, it's another aspect of where companies stumble is they say, okay, we wanna do more with our data. That sounds like IT, let's send it to them. And IT certainly is integral to these projects. But if IT takes it on as the lead, they're looking at it as, as a technical project. And what invariably happens is you end up with a data warehouse that takes several months to build. The, 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 the idea being we're going to connect to all of our data sources, get them in one place, and then we can create any report you want. That runs into several problems. One is you get this arcane data warehouse that's built to whoever built it and their idiosyncrasies for modeling data somewhere in the basement in IT. And there's two people that understand it. And that creates this ongoing technical debt when you want to write reports and you've got this difficult convoluted data warehouse that wasn't driven by the business model or the reporting requirements, but was more an academic or more of a technical exercise to collect all the data in one place. That makes a mess. And so what we found works much better is to say, what's the first area we can get the highest impact for the lightest lift? And let's build to that. Let's connect to Salesforce. Let's build that funnel reporting and get that gap in our forecast. Um, let's put those out to the right folks. Let's get people starting to use it. This is after you've got that company scorecard that you stand up quickly. And then once we've nailed that, let's add the next data source, our HR system or accounting or whatever the case is, and integrate that. But let's pull in the tables from those systems that are most relevant to the reporting and that we need in our business model and not create this behemoth that no one can navigate and has performance issues and is difficult to deal with. So that's another key to to getting to a good start and not getting bogged down. A lot of questions. And when we start talking about uh, quickly, there, there's a couple of things that I want to post. Uh, can we do this incrementally? Because sometimes I'm a business owner. I, I've got all my other problems over here and you're asking me to do this thing over here. Is there a way of being able to do it one incrementally? Yeah, I think you have to to be successful. Okay. If you do the waterfall approach, by the time you're done building this massive database that's going to feed all reports, it is out of sync with the company and where it's going. Um, also, if you don't get wins early and often, you lose that momentum. Oh, the lights don't yeah. go on on, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, if we can do this, then here's where I really want to get better visibility. Um, and it, it, you, you just it gets lost among all the other tech initiatives that sort of have marginal impact. Yeah. So you want to do it incrementally. You want to do it modularly. And that can be done in the modern data warehouse, not some big thing you build for 18 months, but in two weeks, you stand up that piece of the data warehouse, you get that the reports answers, out. That and then answers you're on to my the next question is Critical. that time. So I, I've got it. And I'm coming to you. I knock on your door. I've said, Hey, I, I'm either I'm in private equity or I'm a, a, a standalone manufacturer. I just need insights and I, I want to be able to pull data. And I, I think this is important data. And you, you, you mentioned a couple of weeks to sort of stand that up. Yeah, I would say two to six weeks, depending on the complexity and the lift. If it's an entire ERP system and you're covering a, 
a broader set of of reporting areas, then it takes longer. But we will try to talk clients out of pasting together three scopes because it's much better to take one standalone scope that delivers value. If it's the last thing you ever do with business intelligence dashboards, it'll have long lasting benefit. So it's standalone. Why do that three times at once and learn your lessons times three? Learn them once on that first project, then go into those other ones. And as you get rolling and you really get a feel for the organization and the data, you can have multiple streams where you're covering inventory and you're covering throughput and you're covering other areas all at once. Yeah, it, it just seems like that would be the way to go. And and I like the incremental approach. I think that that's vital. I, th- I love the fact that, let's just take it on the outside, let's say six weeks to prop something up. And I think that uh, the way I see the see it in my mind, because there are a lot of <clears throat> a lot of uh, systems out there that deliver a sort of a dashboard type of approach. But what you see is that I've got this dashboard and recognition that there are multiple systems and being able to pull all that data together, do the data analytics on it. This divided by this gives you this sort of whatever that might be. That's where the the uh, the power lies. That's you're not you don't have silo systems. You're able to sort of pull yeah. it all together in a meaningful way. It, it's funny because uh, the the benefits of a BI system like Power BI or Tableau or Domo or you name it are pretty simple. It's about getting that playbook to a centralized spot that everyone accesses equally. Mm-hmm. It's not in an Excel spreadsheet that floats around. It's not a point in time. It's being updated hourly or daily or whatever the case is. So it's not this this snapshot. It's sort of this ongoing view. Um, and, and it's interactive. So it, it allows you to look at the dashboard and say, I'm going to click on this region. I want the whole dashboard to filter just to that region so I can see how they're doing in whatever metric yeah. we're after. Those simple things are absolute game changers. It's not, it's not rocket science. Yeah. And each of those systems has reporting. We have a CRM. We use HubSpot. We use HubSpot's reporting a lot. We build reports in there for you know sort of isolated views within the sales team. But we also pull that into an aggregated view of the company and cross-reference views into how are sales impacting productivity and are they balanced and things like that. So there is a place in the Venn diagram between the reporting of a, of a source system and your BI dashboards does overlap. There's some, some art and some science into figuring out where do you want to move from one to the other. But that central view is is uniquely powerful that you can't get on in any given system. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm all sold. You're an author. Tell us about yes. your book. Yeah, so the dashboard effect, um, if you read it, you'll note that at the beginning, we heavily reference Chuck Coonrad, who wrote a book called The Game of Work, and I recently interviewed him on our podcast. He's was called The Grandfather of Gamification by New York Times or someone Um, And he basically says that for people to be most effective in an organization, whether it's a line worker or an executive, they need to know first, are they winning in their role? And second, how do they win? And if they don't have that, as he says, when people don't know the rules and the score, they tend to not want to play or they play safe. So giving them that clarity um, makes all the difference in the world. And he came to that conclusion uh, when he was consulting with a company that was manufacturing manufactured houses. 
and saw this team out on the floor that was sluggishly nailing in nails. And then the brake alarm went off and they whipped their shirts off and ran to the basketball hoop and had the most intense focused effort on this game that had a score and a timer and a winner and a loser. And then the, t the buzzer went off again and they dragged themselves back to their work. So his premise is give people that same incentive, leverage human nature, because people want to do things better, faster, more successfully, naturally, where they probably shouldn't be in the organization. Give them the scoreboard that allows them to do that. And so uh, the dashboard effect is largely about that. If you can take these numbers that you already have access to, they're in an Excel spreadsheet, they're in a transactional system, but put them in a format and centrally located so that they take on life and they really touch nerves and they have KPIs that draw conclusions instead of just information that then you have to draw conclusions from. You get that same gamification, that same athletic spirit, that desire to achieve into the work environment. We tend to leave it at the office door and assume that what applies on the playing field doesn't apply at work, and that's a mistake. That's well, the general premise. Well, clearly you have an ebook out there. Mm -hmm. I have a link to it. And an audio. You can hear me narrate the whole thing. It was my first shot at that. How did that go? Did that, it was that, hard. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm not sure if I'm... Yeah, that's, different that's tough detail. Speed. Yeah, well, kudos, man. Yeah, thank you. You put yourself out there. I like that. Yeah, well, We're going to have a link out there at uh, in Industrial Talk. All right, how do thank people you. get a hold of you there? So they can reach us at uh, bluemargin.com. They yep. can reach me at john at bluemargin.com, J-O-N. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, yeah, all sorts yeah, of ways. Yeah. All right. We're going to have all the contact information for John. We're going to have all the information of Blue Margin. We're going to also have this uh, uh, this ebook. You can listen to John or you can actually read it. It's both, uh, both available out on Industrial Talk. We'll have the backlinks ready to go. Nothing fancy. John, you were great. Thank you, Scott. This is all right, listeners. Enjoyable. Yeah, this was great. I, 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 I'm all, I'm all. I like books. Just a I don't know why, but I do. Old fashioned. I, I feel like I can't learn enough. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's Life's just me. Short. All right, listeners. We're going to wrap it up on the other side. Please do not go away. We will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. All right, that conversation delivered to you. By Industrial Talk through John Thompson. Blue Margin is the company. We're going to have all the contact information for John and Blue Margin out on Industrial Talk. Fear not. Go out there. Find his conversation. We're also going to have past podcasts. Apparently, he's been on some other podcasts. We've got some blogs there. We've got some videos there. Look into them. They're all there on his profile that we create at Industrial Talk. We also have the link to his book, The Dashboard Effect. I've read it. You need to read it too. So go out, download it, do what you need to do right there. All the links. Again, we're going to be broadcasting from conferences. If you're going to go out to Industrial Talk, look for conferences. If we're going to be there, you know, contact us and say, hey, Scott, I want to do a live. Yeah, do a live. We need to tell your story. We need to continue to tell industry story, and you are the heroes in that story. So don't shy away, industrialtalk.com. All right, be bold, be brave. Dare greatly, I say it all the time, because you are. And hang out with people like John, 
and you're going to continue to change the world. We're going to have another great conversation, you know, at Industrial Talk shortly, so never go away. And oh, by the way, go subscribe. we got a lot of great conversations out there, so stay tuned. We will be right back.